and welcome back to another episode of Church is Stupid, comma but. I'm Ruth. I'm Kate. I'm Elijah. You got the order I right. I did this it time, right, Elijah. Granted, there was pointing involved and lots of eye contact. Hey, I pointed at the same time as you, though. You did, but there was there was some pretty heavy eye contact. Yeah. Eye contact. What is it? No, it's uh, so weird. How does it happen in the Bo Burnham special? It's prolonged eye contact. <laughs> Oh Sorry, gosh. that's what it reminded me of. Anyhow, welcome back to, to Church is Stupid. Uh, we're grateful to have you listening, wherever you're listening from. And I just like switched into my pastor mode because that's my intro for the basement service, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Today we are going to be talking about all of our favorite Bible verses. And by favorite Bible verses, I mean the ones that are taken out of context all the flippin' time. (laughs) So you can tell by my tone that I have lots that I do not like because of this. I really wish y'all could see her face face right now because it just keeps switching. It's really funny. Thanks. So after years of being a pastor, you learn how to like instantly put a smile on your face. Yeah. As opposed to like, like, that sounds really bad, but it's also really true. I never knew that someone's face could get so red so quickly. Is it red? No. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm, my face does go red really fast, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Furious this is, and enraged in a millisecond, and then it goes away. This is like really great content for all the people who can see us right now, which is us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think it's that great for us right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're going home. It's not very entertaining. Um, so... What about, like, obviously I am very opinionated about this after, what? I know, I'm so unopinionated in every other way that oh my it's just goodness. surprising. But um, do you guys, like, you know, I had eight years or seven years of biblical training, essentially, because my undergraduate was in pastoral ministries, and my master's is also master's of divinity, which involves theological and biblical training. So I spent a long time studying this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me to like from outside looking in kind of get more angry at how, but it's not at the people who like don't know that it doesn't mean that. It's the people who keep teaching that it mm-hmm. means one thing versus the other. So before I get into my super angry rants about my least favorite out of context Bible verses, I'm going to give y'all a chance. What are, what are, what do you guys like? What are some verses that you've just noticed are a little bit out of context? I'd say the first is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. That's a major one you hear a lot, and then and I've been hearing that a ton just the past few months because I just graduated high school, and it's like the very that is the graduation. Verse. It is, yeah, the yeah, and I, I I guess it's the four. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. It's mm-hmm. that one if you didn't know that. But um, yeah, you see it on like everything, like every pretty much every religious like graduation card has that. Yep. Yeah. I actually have a mug from when I graduated that has Jeremiah twenty. It's a pretty popular it. bumper sticker too in the in the uh, Christian bumper sticker realm. I think. <laughs> I see it more often than I ever would expect. You know where else it's really popular? Where, Ruth? Instagram posts. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Those inspirational Instagram mm-hmm. posts. And I'm like, oh, this is the hundredth one I've seen today. How adorable. <laughs> so, why does that irk you? Um, 
I won't necessarily say it irks me, but it's just something that I've noticed a lot. I've there are certain things. Okay, it's kind of gonna sound bad, I think, but like there are certain things I've learned just kind of let go of. There's not many of them, but this just happens to be one of them because like I got a lot on my plate right now. It's so, like I can Fair. only like stress over so much and so I'm not gonna stress about this one but like no it's it's just something that like I've noticed a lot and like you hear about but then like nobody I guess like you'll hear like oh it's taken out of context but you don't like elaborate on it at all well don't worry because that one is number one on my list for today awesome we're gonna elaborate on it my absolute yeah I'm, I'm with you that's high up there definitely the one that uh that Ruth talks about the most outside of this podcast as well and so for for some context for for myself in this particular bible verse is that when i went to my my undergraduate uh, as i said was in pastoral ministries and i went to a christian college obviously it'd be kind of hard to get that degree somewhere Mm -hmm. else um and bless that christian college's existence they had required chapel three times a week I think so. Three times? I think it was three. I think it was um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you got ten skips. You bet that I used all of my ten skips. <laughs> um, but 90% <laughs> yep. of it was because at least once a week, if not more, the speaker would speak on Jeremiah 2911. <laughs> so help me. If I, like, if I didn't even know the context, I would have automatically just never wanted to hear it again because of that. And again, going to a small Christian campus, everybody talks about that verse. It's like the second most popular favorite verse of people. Maybe even the first most popular. Yeah. And again, before I get into the context of why that is so... Maybe <laughs> maybe needs to be rethought a little bit. Is... <laughs> it's not... It, it's a nice, it sounds really nice when you just hear the verse, right? Mm-hmm. It's really easy to just like stitch it up on like a pillow or whatever, you know, all that yeah. needlepoint stuff. But if we actually go into Jeremiah, one thing you need to know about Jeremiah the prophet is that he didn't get good news very often. <laughs> Jeremiah is also called the weeping prophet. Why? Because the prophecies he was given were always terrible. And he got to be the one to deliver the bad news. <laughs> All the time. All the time. And poor Jeremiah. You know, even when he's called into ministry, he's like, But God, maybe not. And God's like, Sorry, too late. I've put my words on your tongue. You're gonna have to go. And it's, he's like, Okay. So... Jeremiah was a prophet in the time of the Israelite exile from the land of Israel. Mm -hmm. I'm good at this, guys. (laughs) And Israel, especially because of the the story of the Israelite nation, their land was so important because they were raised to to believe God had given them that land with a purpose, right? Right. That land is promised to Abraham. That's that's their whole their whole shtick is that our fathers were literally gifted this land. And so it's ours and there's nothing that we can do to get rid of it. Yeah. It belongs to us. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they're exiled from their land. 
not exactly how they expected the story to go. So, naturally, they're pretty angry, right? Pretty upset, like, yo, God, what you doing? And God (laughs) is like, hey, cool, so now you notice me. What's up? You've been kind of ignoring me for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. You've gone completely against everything I told you to do. You literally have disrespected this promise over and over and over again. And because of that, you're going to be exiled for 70 years before I will bring you back to this land. And that's when this verse comes in. Literally, as God's telling them, you ain't coming back, buddies. Because 70 years, that's a really long time. Mm -hmm. So most of the people who were hearing it probably... Peace out, home slice. It's funny, too, because this very specific verse about it being 70 years is literally verse 10, like right before 11. Mm -hmm. It's like the first, it's the last thing that's said before Jeremiah 29 11 actually comes in is specifically the 70 years. And so it's literally God telling these people, you're not going to have, you're not going to get what you want at all. You're not coming back to this land. Maybe some of you, but most of you are not coming back. But the promise that I made to Abraham still stands true for your children, for your children's children, and even for you because it's not done yet. Hmm. But we take this verse that is literally God's way of saying, even though y'all are in trouble and you messed up, eventually I'm going to make it right. And we say, yeah, God wants me to be a doctor. (laughs) that's going to happen. God wants me to have a Mercedes, you know? Maybe it didn't work out for me to get the Ferrari, but God still wants me to have a Mercedes. It's all good. He knows the plans he has. No! For the love of my sanity, stop! It's not about personal gain. It's about God's faithfulness. And God's faithfulness, that never fails But that doesn't mean your life's going to be pretty and perfect and nice and kind. And OMG, I'm going to get all of the things I want because God has plans for me. Because that's literally what the verse is about. about It literally is talking about how it's not that. Yes, it's literally saying, I am not, you're not getting what you want. Get over it. But I'm still going to use you as a people. But, ah. And so that is, so if you were curious as to what the context is and why it's so bad. Like, it's literally going, that's that's one of those out-of-context verses that absolutely goes completely against the real meaning of the scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not, not all of the ones we're going to talk about today are actually, like, completely antithetical to their real meanings. But holy crap, that one is. And, yeah. And I get it. It's so much cuter and nicer to ignore the, the fact that, when, when we separate ourselves from God, there's natural consequences from that. Because nobody wants to think that. It stinks. I don't want to think, oh crap. And that's what, it, but if anything, this story makes Christ's sacrifice so much more powerful. Because through Christ, now we don't have to have the natural fallout from, from our sins, which is death. Now again, hmm. that doesn't erase all of the hardships we're going to have in life, but it certainly assures that promise. It makes it mean something more. You know, we're not, okay. it's no longer a, you sinned, you face the punishment for it. 
it's you sinned and you're not worthy, but God still wants to be in relationship with you and made it happen. Yep. And that's so powerful. And even this verse is saying that you sinned, you messed up. Here's the consequences, but I'm going to come through on the promise I gave you. Yeah. Just not for you, buddies. <laughs> Except for the nice, like, 72-year-old who made it through. Like, hey, high five, buddy. <laughs> you were two when it happened. It's oh, all good. Goodness. You all are like just like okay, Ruth. <laughs> Good job. Well, you know, we, I think we started off with the uh, the the crown jewel of did, yeah. misinterpreted Oops. or out of context verses. No, that's okay because, we like I said, it's really. it's on my <laughs> <we've> peaked, <laughs> it's on my like top of my list for most hated and right. I've I've yet truthfully I've yet to hear a sermon preached on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that addressed. The issue of it's being used out of context. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like you were saying, it's one of the prime uh, examples of the way that the Bible is completely just misused in certain things like prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially, you know, super, super rich televangelists telling their congregation to give all of their money to them specifically and then using jeremiah twenty nine eleven as a way to say oh it doesn't matter how much like like it doesn't matter how bad your life is even if part of it is because you know you're giving all your money to me because this verse says that you will prosper and that's it uh and also it's sort of in a i think it's used even further than that in a way to justify uh i mean to be honest people use it to justify their own like opulence and their oh. their own like riches and their and their own over you know overuse of wealth and, and and things like that too when it's supposed to be the complete opposite like the meaning is the completely opposite of that well and we look at how how we're taught to be right christ teaches us to be servants to be humble to be pretty much everything about it is deny thyself take on thy cross and follow me right right that's that's the scriptures and this verse is used as a literal self-promotion tool it is yeah. all about you it is all about God having plans for you. You're going to succeed. It's essentially one of those self-fulfilling prophecies that the people who use it are the ones who've already gotten their plans followed through on. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a way of people using excuses. Like, one thing to know about me, and, and Elijah knows this, Kate probably knows this, but I don't know, is that I am very, very hesitant to ever say God said or God did this in my own life. Yeah. And that's not because I don't believe God is working or speaking into my life. It's because it is something that I feel like people use all the time to justify their own wants, to yeah. make mm-hmm. it seem like what they want aligns with what God wants and justify themselves. And, you know, one, one really big example of this is around the time we were having our first child, we were told, God told me that you're going to have a boy. And... That's, if you think we're having a boy, that's wonderful. That's glorious. Just say that. <laughs> we had a girl. <laughs> Our daughter's name is Lily, in case you were curious. And it's one of those things where it's like people, people want their own intuitions to be so right that they have to justify it with something. And yeah. using verses like this to say, it, it's a self-justification tool. And it makes me sad because yeah. every it, it's so antithetical to what we're supposed to be doing as Christians, that self-promotion. And it makes me sad. Yeah. Like, I could, I could literally make the rest of this episode about that. 
but I probably should stop now. Um, I just, I, I hate to see people. Yeah, I just, I, this one will ir- instantly irritate me. Yeah. <laughs> Forever and always. And it shouldn't, probably, but it does. What about you, Elijah? Uh, well, I mean, I don't have uh, the experience that you do, Ruth. Um, what? Yeah, honestly, I, there's really not a lot of specific verses that come to mind as much as just the general attitude. I mean, honestly, 2911 is probably one of the best examples and just that general attitude that mm-hmm. that people have when they use it in, in that improper context. Uh, you know, like you were saying, the self-justification sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that I think is, is sort of interesting that a lot of people seem to be fine with and get, and the whole other lot of people just don't believe it's, it's, a, it almost seems pretty split. I would say in the Christian community is the, I don't actually remember the verse, uh, but the verse about taking the Lord's name in vain from the 10 commandments, mm-hmm. which I find very, I find very interesting because, um, I don't know. To me, it seems pretty clear that the idea of taking, I mean, to me, um, that taking the Lord's name in vain, uh, and, and however that was meant, you know, back in the day in, you know, of, of the Old Testament wasn't specifically about just maybe like curse words and more about, you know, being almost like a, a, a false prophet or, or mm-hmm. claiming to be. Yeah, cl- claiming to be or, or, or claiming to, to speak words of God and, and having that be totally in vain when it's not of God and when it's going against scripture and things like that. Um, and I think it's just interesting how it's it's stuck around and tra- the meaning sort of been transformed pretty heavily, I think, in regards to how it, it's been taken now in sort of like modern times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't think that it's... I, I don't think that it's any sort of, I mean, if, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm not super, I can't act like I'm the most educated person on the subject. So it's not that I even have any sort of staunch, I don't really have a staunch uh, opinion on it one way or the other. And I don't think that like the differences of opinion or, or, or at any, any sort of egregious level of ignorance, like the Jeremiah 29 11 example is, but that one is sort of interesting because there's a lot of people I don't necessarily agree with them, but there's a lot of people who think that that is specifically applying to saying the English word God, G-O-D, in any form of form of like a curse word. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand it. I do. And, and I don't think that I don't think that it's even like really wrong to not like that sort of language at all or to think that it's wrong to say stuff like that. But I just don't really personally believe that that the way that we would use that now and say things like that now is is what that verse was written for but i can also see i can see how that would apply to someone on their own sort of like moral scale and how that can mean that to them and i don't necessarily think that that would also be incorrect but i don't know i i would like to hear your actual sort of breakdown of that more because i'm talking about it from a very personal uneducated actual sort of view so, and that's, um, I, I do have a funny story with that because, Dad, if you're listening, sorry. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, my dad told me that there was one unforgivable sin, and it was blasphemy of the of the Holy Spirit, right? Or um, blasphemy, essentially, is what he said. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he added the, of the Holy Spirit part. Maybe he did. I don't know. It's been a long time. Regardless, 
He's like, that is the, the one unforgivable sin. And, like, I don't know if he told me it was saying OMG or if he, like, just said that something that alluded to that. But my whole life growing up, I thought the unforgivable sin was saying, like, oh, my. And I still don't say it to this day because I'm just like, even though I know that's not what it means now, mm-hmm. I'm still like so that's so ingrained in me that that is. And I don't I don't think that's a bad habit. I like that. I don't say that. But yeah. it's one of those things that like it's just kind of funny looking back that that that's <laughs> what I was kind of told as a kid. Um, but. Yeah, taking the Lord's name in vain. I think there, there's a couple other verses that talk about, like, not swearing oaths and not yeah. swearing oaths in the name of the Lord. Um, and those are very... That's, I think that's where a lot of the disdain for even just saying, I swear to God, comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that phrase, I know there's a lot of Because there is, there is scripture, scriptural references saying, like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to swear. In, like, that's, that's very wrong. Yeah. Um, and so... I think really taking the Lord and Lord's name in vain can mean, it can mean a couple different things. It, it for sure can mean misusing the name of Yahweh, mm-hmm. um, which in the Jew- Jewish culture, you're not really even supposed to say it yeah. or spell it in um, writings. So like, mm. uh, I know that GD means something very different <laughs> when I say it on the radio, but it's a radio. I'm, Oh, that hurt. No, yeah, but I actually did know what you meant. Um, but. but spelling it like there, there are people who literally will not spell out the word God because that is considered irreverent and taking the Lord's name in vain in a sense. Hmm. And so instead they put G like uppercase G lowercase D to stand for God. <laughs> um, and so there's different ways that that's lived out. And part of that push is because again, in, in the Hebrew, Yahweh is literally breath, right? It's breathing in, Yahweh, breathe out. And so when they say, when God says, I am Yahweh, he's saying, I am breath, I am life, I am everything, essentially. And so there's a really deep, beautiful meaning behind that. And so to take that in vain is to literally go against life itself, go against your creator, that which okay. has given you life. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's some, some will take that to mean if you don't live a life that honors God and you claim to accept God, then you are living in vain. You're taking yeah. the Lord's name in vain because you're proclaiming, I think of the people who were driving out spirits or trying to drive out spirits in Jesus's name. Yeah. Um, and Paul encountered them and was like, what are you doing? And the demon was like, so I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I have no idea who you are. And then just attacks them yeah, because they were essentially using the Lord's name in vain. So I don't know that it's necessarily as much about the specific words that you speak, though. I do think that that's important as it is really honoring the God who you serve. Well, it's, it's really interesting too, because see, now you've got me thinking because when we say the word, I mean, like we've been saying it all the time, we, we say the word God, but mm-hmm. when we say God and we're referring to God, like, you know, with, with just the way that our culture has processed it or the, the way, the, what it means to us, it's just like, it, it's a subject of a sentence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where 
I, I've never when you were talking about people who 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 don't actually even spell out like God. Are you talking about people like now who mm-hmm. who, who still maintain that to, belief? Because I've I've never experienced that before. I've never met when someone I was like in that. Um, college. One of my good friends. That's because okay. he was very immersed in the Jewish culture, okay. the Old Testament, living out of of the Gospels from okay. the Old Testament into the New Testament, who literally would not spell out the word God in right. any of his papers. So, so while while maintaining and acknowledging that that peop, that some people do still sort of share that and practice that belief, I still think it's pretty safe to say that most Christians are okay with saying God. I think that's a fair thing to say, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I mean, I've I, I've never met anyone who, at least that I knew, that didn't well, that didn't do that. But see, uh, as I was saying though, or I was trying to say, I, I'm just thinking now because I guess I can't even really say that the verse do- doesn't mean or didn't mean this or that when it comes to saying things, you know, like GD or, or oh my God, um, because maybe it quite literally did, but we just don't say the word God with any of the same sort of meaning or intent or, or understanding of what it was like to say Yahweh back in those times. So now I'm just thinking, man, does that, does that mean that it doesn't apply in the way that it does? Or are we all just not doing it right because times have changed so much and we've lost that sort of reverence or it's just an interesting thing to think about because now I can't even say it's necessarily out of context as much as we've just almost changed right well and it's just yeah and I'm there's just thinking out loud I, really i really really respect about the reverence held for god's name yeah particularly the reverence held for saying yahweh um because again you hmm. better be careful if you're going to invoke the name of your creator and what you say next hmm. will reflect that yeah. You know, yeah. I was just saying, you know, about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. People who say God told me this, you got to be careful. You got to be, be careful, careful. because, yeah. because truthfully, that is taking the Lord's name in vain. Hmm. That is assigning your own agenda to God, and I think that that's really dangerous. I mean, we see that in our churches today. We see it everywhere. I don't know how many times. I mean, there was just a big controversy over a certain political figure using a certain out-of-context verse <laughs> to promote something that they did. Um, mm. I'm sure that nobody knows what I'm referencing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's that's the kind of stuff that I think we really, you know, I don't mm. I don't know a person's heart, and I can't, we, we, only, we know God is the only one who can judge that, but, but man, we should really take that seriously. And that's why I, it makes me sad that we lost the reverence. You know, I think it was, um, was it you, it was, someone was at our house and they were, they asked us, did you guys ever use daddy God in prayer? Do you remember that? Who was, I, was I don't know. Was it my brother? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Someone asked us that. I, don't, I remember I think, this, but I, I, I don't remember who it was, but I do remember, like, yeah, a, recoiling from of, that question. <laughs> it, well, 
I think, again, Daddy has a little bit of a different context um, now. Uh, so that makes me a little uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, someone had to say it. I mean, someone I mean had yeah. To say it. Everybody I mean, was already thinking it. You if didn't we're have gonna to say it. We're talking about <laughs> times changing and words meaning different things. I mean, unfortunately. Church is stupid. We always say yeah. it. But for real, like, that's one example of, of how um, friend God has been made more popular. Yeah. And reverent God has been made less popular. Yeah. And I think that there, there needs to be a balance between the two. Sure, yeah. You know, we need to be very careful in understanding that we are addressing the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. There is awe. There is wonder that comes with that. But also, that God wants a, a personal relationship with each one of us. And that's also important. So where we draw that line, you know, I just think it's something we have to be careful. I probably talked way longer about that verse than you wanted me to. And I've already eaten up our entire episode. Well, for our second episode of this week, uh, perhaps maybe we could do a little bit more of a quick fire round with the rest of these verses that we've had saved up. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We can try at least. Oh but... I don't know about quick fire, but I know that I have lots of verses. Maybe compared to this one, but not very quick um, still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you if you're still listening yeah. to, to all of this. Um, and... Yeah, my encouragement is we did an episode that talked a lot about how to look at context of verses. I encourage you, do this. Please, (laughs) if I can impose one thing upon you, just look at the context of the verse. Because the Bible is a huge story. And all of it works within itself. It all works together to make the story of God. And when we take one verse out and we say... Poof! I've assigned this as what scripture means. We're missing a lot. Hmm. A yeah. lot, a lot. And some of those can be great, encouraging verses. Like Jeremiah 29, 11. Wow, self-empowerment. Self-empowerment's not bad. But it's also not what it's talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Find other self-empowerment verses. There's plenty. Yeah. So... That's my encouragement to all of you guys and and to the churches that are teaching some of these verses. If you are somebody who attends a church where the pastor has maybe not had as much formal training, or if you're a pastor who's maybe not had as much formal training, look up these verses, please. <laughs> Do me a favor. Or if you're a pastor who's had formal training and are also not looking up the verses, it really can be anybody. Just do it, please. From your, from your pastor buddy, Ruth. We can, we can hang. We'll the talk. The context thing applies to everyone, but also especially to leadership. Yes. Like mm-hmm. especially. 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 So. And that's why it's important to study scripture, not just read it. All right. So. Sweet. <laughs> from all of us here <laughs> at Church is Stupid. Comma but. I'm Ruth. I'm Kate. I'm Elijah. And we hope that you have a great week.